Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, folks, we are have been going through 1 Thessalonians, and we're up to the fourth chapter. Paul's dealing with the Thessalonian church, and they really were struggling because he planted this church. He left them quickly. And they really were struggling with having faith in uncertain times. And, you know, to be honest with you, we can relate to that, right? I mean, it is uncertain times that we live in. Culture is shifting. Culture is changing. Yes, there are some positive economic news, but we're not even sure about that. And you wonder sometimes, how can I maintain my faith? How can I maintain my belief in Jesus as, as I go through what's going on in my life? And we've been looking at that whole issue as we've been working through Thessalonians. And so we get to a place now where he's going to come to an issue that the Thessalonian church struggled with, and that was the return of Jesus when Jesus would come back for them, and specifically for the Thessalonians, what they were afraid of was some of their fellow believers in their church had died. And they were concerned because they were wondering, well, maybe they were going to miss it. Maybe they're going to miss out on Jesus Christ coming back. And so he wants to tell them, in a passage that we commonly know is, refers to the rapture of the church, when Jesus Christ comes back for the church. And you say, okay, George, that's really wonderful. We're going to study about the second coming. So what does that have to do with me right now, with my faith, in these times of uncertainty? How is that going to help me as I go throughout the stuff that I'm going through? Well, I'm going to be honest with you folks. We're going to see that many of us live our lives in total ignorance, number one. And because of that total ignorance, it really affects our faith right now in the midst of what we're facing. Because, folks, you have to understand, the reason why we have faith and the reason why we're able to get through the things that we have that we're facing in these uncertain times is because we have a hope later on. And if we have a foundation of that hope, no matter what you go through now, and you will go through it, right? You will go through struggles. Times will not be easy. You won't be shaken by the stuff, even if it doesn't get better. And you realize that, right, folks? Sometimes we operate under the false assumption that things are going to get better. Folks, what gets better is our hope in Jesus. Because you may not get out of that crisis. Do you understand? But we got to have a hope. So I want you to notice with me, we're going to look at a passage that is commonly referring to the issue of the rapture. When Jesus Christ comes back for you, you need to understand, and that needs to give you hope in the midst of what you're facing right now. Look with me. We're just going to look at verses 13 through 18. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. 
For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. For thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, folks, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take this passage, and we're going to divide it into two main sections. We're going to see, verse 13, the issue of ignorance. And the fact of the matter is, is that I'm surprised people who should know better are ignorant. And they'll say things, and we'll talk about that in a moment, that just kind of make me just kind of wonder, do you even know your Bibles? We're going to see the issue of ignorance. And then we're going to look at the future hope. Verse 13 is going to be about the ignorance But verses 14 through 18 talk about the future hope. So we're going to see two things in verse 13, and we're going to see six things that you need need to grasp a hold of as you embrace this future hope and as you deal with the stuff that you're dealing with to have faith in these uncertain times. So let's talk about the issue of ignorance. Notice what he says there. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren. That's how he starts off this section. The first thing I want you to see is, is that we have to guard against our own ignorance. You have to guard yourself. If you're going to make it through life, if you're going to have faith that is there, even in spite of what's going on around you, you have to guard your own ignorance in your own life. What do you mean, George? Well, I mean, I think everybody's aware, 2008, we had a financial crisis that happened. The, it's like the economy just kind of the bottom fell out of it. We saw majorly in 2008 a, a total shift of our culture. You can trace it back. 2008 is a significant watershed year for the shifting of our culture. Does everybody agree with that? And it seems to be getting worse. And, and, and so Christians are like, Christians in, in America especially, are, are kind of like wondering, what in the world is going on? And all of a sudden, ignorance starts to emerge from people's mouths. What do you mean, George? Well, how many times have I heard people, we're living in the tribulation now? Have you heard that one? We're living in the tribulation now. Well, I'm listening to that, and I'm thinking, well, that would seem logical, but it's not. Why, George? Well, if you knew your Bible, you would know that in Daniel, Daniel specifically tells us that the seventh week begins when the Antichrist makes a peace treaty with Israel that brings peace to the Middle East. Now, have you noticed your news lately, folks? Do they have a peace treaty in the Middle East? So I guess we're not in the tribulation, are we? See, the reality is, is I want you to understand, listen to me, We've got to guard ourselves against our own ignorance. Our own ignorance. If you're going to have a future hope, you need to know what that hope is. You need to be a man and woman of the Word of God. And let me just stop for a moment. The hope isn't based upon what George tells you. Do I need to say that again? may want to write that down. The hope isn't based upon what your preacher tells you. Some of you, you live that way. Well, I remember when Pastor so-and-so told me about that. You know what, folks? That's not a compliment to Pastor so-and-so. 
The reality is, you studied it and you saw it. Did you understand what I'm saying? You read it. And you understood it because the Holy Spirit told you. And your hope is based upon what He showed you in His Word. Do you understand? A pastor may have guided you there. But the reality is, listen to me, it's because you became convinced of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's maturity. You know, I think back, April will be 30 years that I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And in those early years, a lot of what I believed is what I was told. But I'll be honest with you, I believe it even more so now, not because I was told it, but because I saw it in the Scripture myself. And I became convinced of it. So let me ask you something. Why do you believe what you believe? Is it because somebody told you it? Or because you saw it yourself in the Scripture and became convinced of it? That, that's the reality. See, we got to guard our own hearts against our own ignorance. Why? Why do we got to guard ourselves against this ignorance? The second point here. Ignorance leads to insecurity in our faith. See, if you don't know what you believe, and if you don't understand that future hope, and as times do get more uncertain, and as you see the economy not doing good and the culture shifting, and you get with some Christian that you think knows what he knows and he, he seems to have a firm grasp on it, and then he says something like, well, we must be living in the tribulation now. If you don't know what you believe, and if you don't understand what the Scripture teaches because you read it, you will say things like, well, yeah, maybe maybe he's right. Maybe he's correct. Maybe he's telling me something I didn't know before. I know, I know we don't usually believe that, but boy, his arguments are good. Folks, you gotta know the Bible. You gotta know it yourself. See, if you, ignorance is only going to lead to insecurity in your own faith. And you'll start to question, and you'll start to doubt. And you'll begin to wonder, or do you really love us? See, do you understand? It's a slippery slope. The issue of ignorance is very real. And, 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 and here's what was going on with the Thessalonians. When you see it in the Thessalonian lives, you can, almost, you can almost see why Paul took the time to even address the issue with them. Somebody had convinced them that the people who died before Jesus Christ came back weren't going to be included in the resurrection. Somebody had convinced them that, if, that, yeah, Jesus is coming back, but if you're not here, if you die, tough luck. And so they were concerned. You would be concerned too, wouldn't you? Because we all have loved ones who've, what, died and gone on to be with Jesus. And if you've had somebody come and make some convincing arguments to you that they're not there, you'd be worried too, right? And not only that, you'd be worried about yourself. Well, what if I die before he comes? See how ignorance can really shake up the foundation of what you believe? So Paul, he doesn't want them to be ignorant. Notice, I mean, it's really interesting. The very first verse, you can, uh, verse 13, that very first part, something you and I need to grasp and claim for ourselves. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren. That's my prayer for you folks. I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to understand the hope that you have. If you're going to stand in the face of all the stuff the world's throwing at you, you need to understand. So what do we need to understand? Notice that future hope. Let's take it verse by verse. Look at verse 14. Look at what he says there. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, 
Even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Here's the first part of that future hope that you need to understand. Jesus' resurrection tells us that believers who have died are with God. You don't need to wonder about your loved ones who loved Jesus, who, who were saved if they've already died. You just need to know the fact that Jesus Christ himself rose from the dead is enough for you to know when it comes to the, the reality of where your loved ones are right now. Why? Because Paul tells us to be absent from the body is to what? To be present with the Lord. Yes, their bodies are in the ground. But their souls are with Jesus now. And we know that, not because he just told us that, but because he validated everything he said by his what? By the fact that he rose from the grave himself. The resurrection. See, here's the thing, folks. You want to know how you know what you believe is true? It's not because I tell you it. Not because some book tells you that or some preacher tells you that. The reason why you know what you believe is true is because one person rose from the dead, Jesus Christ. In fact, isn't that what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 15? If there was no resurrection, we would be most pitied of men. We might as well live our lives like each day is the last. The reason why you have a hope is because Jesus rose from the dead. That's what he's telling us here in verse 14. And your loved ones who've died and gone on, they're with who? Jesus. Isn't that an awesome thought? That's a hope we have. Here's the thing. Let's go on now. Look at verse 15. Look at what he says there. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. What's he saying here? Here's the second aspect of our hope. What about the rest of us who are alive now? What happens? Look at what he says. Believers will join the resurrected bodies of believing dead to meet Jesus. One day Jesus Christ is going to come. And he's going to come for his church. That's known as the rapture. The rapture is the concept of us being taken or caught up in the air. Another theological term for it is translation. We see that in the Old Testament in a couple of places. Where, George? Well, in the book of Genesis with Enoch. Enoch walked with God. And one day, Enoch walked no more because the Lord took him. Another one is what? In Second Kings, Elijah. Elijah was taken up to heaven. He didn't die. He was taken up by a chariot of fire. The angels came and took him. That's a translation. That's a picture to us of the rapture. But the problem, folks, I want you to see is just like Enoch, one day God's going to say, come here. And the dead in Christ will raise up, their bodies will raise up, your loved one's bodies will raise up, and you too will go with them to meet Jesus in the air. That's the hope we have. Do you understand what I'm saying? Believers will join the resurrected body. That's what he's saying in verse 15. Then notice now verse 16. Look at what he says, verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Here's what I want you to see. Jesus himself will come believers at the sound of the trumpet. One day, folks, and this has been the hope of the church for 2,000 years, one day, when everything is right, Jesus himself will come. For his church. 
And he'll come in the air. He won't be a, some people say, oh, you're talking about a, a, another coming. No, no. He's in the air. He hasn't come back. He's in the air. He will call us to him. Do you understand? He will call the dead to him who are in Christ. He will call the living who are in Christ to him. And we will meet Jesus himself. He's not going to send angels for you. He's going to come himself for you. You know, you know the wonderful picture of that? Where we see it in the Gospels. He refers to it as what? The bridegroom coming for the bride. Here, in fact, it almost makes sense now. What do you mean? Jesus said this, I go and prepare a place for you. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. Now, we, the King James writers said mansions. and So don't think of yourself as having this beautiful structured mansion. It, it, the word means dwelling place. I go to prepare a place for you. And it's all based upon the Hebrew concept of marriage. What do you mean? Well, here's what happened. What they would do is, is they would arrange their marriages. Aren't you glad we don't live in Israel? Okay? Where your parents arranged your marriage. And you would be betrothed to someone. And what that someone, if you're a gal, you had to wait for your betrothed, because what he would do is, is that he would go to his father's house and build on to his father's house. And when the preparations were done, so you talk about the gal living each day. Did he finish it yet? Did he finish it yet? She's looking for him to come. And once the house, the dwelling place was prepared, he would gather with him his friends, and then he would go and get his bride. And they would be married. And he would bring her back. Folks, who's the bride of Christ? The church. And of course the bridegroom's going to come back for his bride, right? He's going to come for us. We're going to meet him in the air. He's going to come for us. And this is the point. Jesus himself will come for There will be a shout of an archangel. The only ones who are going to hear it are us, folks. One day you're going to go about, if Jesus comes back in our lifetime, you'll hear a shout and you'll hear a trumpet, and that instant you'll be with him. Isn't that awesome? That's our hope. That's our hope. And even if you say, well, George, what if he don't come and we die? Folks, you're still going to experience it. Because what does he say here? The dead in Christ will rise first. So let me ask you a question. What's your week been like? What's got you down? What makes you think that you're not going to get through it? Folks, I'm going to tell you right now. Nothing that you're facing will have anything to do with this. This is the hope you have. You will get through what you're getting through. Because one day you will be with him. And folks, when you be with him, you're not even going to remember what you're going through right now. Because in what? Revelation chapter 21. He'll wipe away every tear. The reality. Listen, let's go on now. Look with me. Here's what he says, verse 16 and 17. Look what he says. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Here's what I want you to see. First the dead, then living believers will meet Jesus in the air. First the dead, 
then living believers will will meet him literally we will go to be with him in the air now i know there's a lot of a lot of christians today have all these concepts of art you know there's been movies the left behind movies you're flying in an airplane and people disappear and everything i don't know i mean that's all somebody's imagination all i know is is that we will no longer be here and we will be with him and you will meet him in the air and that is awesome. That's awesome. That's our hope. So then, here's what he says. Here's what he says. And I think this is wonderful. Look at verse 17. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Now here's what our hope is. It's summed up right there. When Jesus comes for believers, we will always be with him. We'll always be with him. You know what that means, folks? And this is where some of us have to get real. You know, I've been I've been a believer thirty years now, almost thirty years. And the fact of the matter is, is every day it just seems like the same old thing. And we get into our routines and we forget. Don't we forget? Our hope isn't that real to us. And so we get, I'll just be flat out honest with you, we get comfortable with where we're at. We get comfortable. Because all we know is here. And, and, we, and, and we like here, don't we? I mean, for the most part, we like here. Now, there's, there, I know there's some who don't. They want to be somewhere else. But for the most part, most of us like where we're at and, and we're comfortable with where we're at. And, 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 and we can't picture anything beyond that. In fact, we live in a county like that. What do you mean? Clearfield County. Nobody leaves Clearfield County. I mean, if you go to college in Clarion, you're going out of this world. I mean, that's what they say. Isn't it true? I mean, you need to go here. Well, I want you to get over that for a moment. Get over it. Because if I had a choice of being with Jesus forever or living here forever... We want to be with Jesus, right? But the sad thing is, for some of you probably are okay with where you're at. But the hope I have is, I'll always be with him. I'll always be with him. And nothing will change that. And then finally, verse 18, he gives us the last part there. Look at what he says there. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. What does that mean, George? We are to encourage each other with this hope. What does that mean? Well, here it is. Life is life. You're going to face struggles. You're going to have the doctor tell you something. That you don't want to hear. You're going to have family members that don't do right. Marriages do fall apart and disintegrate. Evil things happen that you don't expect. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a testimony of that. My own dad was taken from me. Stuff happens. Loved ones die. And, and, and there you are, and it's not just the stuff that happens to you. You're in a culture that is continually changing. 
It's uncertain. We need each other to encourage each other. Because we forget. And sometimes the stuff that we go through is so overwhelming that even if we have the hope, it gets, what, smothered by the stuff that's happening in our lives. And we need to, what, encourage each other. Do you just hang in there? You just hang in there because one day you're going to be with Jesus. One day he's going to come for you. And if, and if, and if you die before he comes, that's okay. You're still going to be with Jesus. And you just hang in there. We need to comfort each other. We don't need to contribute to each other's ignorance. Do you understand? Sometimes we contribute to that. Oh, you know, I heard so-and-so on the news and he was on the TV and he said this. No, no, quit. Be careful what you watch on TV. Study your own word and encourage each other to what? Hang in there. That's how we're going to get through it. That's how we're going to maintain our faith in uncertain times. You say, okay, George, what do we do? How do we, how do we apply this to our lives? Well, I'm going to give you a couple questions I want you to think about. And again, I want you to think about these. Just don't answer it right now. Think about it and process it in prayer. Number one, how secure are you about your future? Do you have that hope? Are you resting in that hope? Now, you might be here and you say, well, you know, I'm not very secure at all, George, because I'm not even sure if I'm saved. I'm not even sure if I've trusted in Jesus Christ. Folks, you can have that hope by just going to him. Realizing that he did everything for you. He died for you. He took the wrath of God from you by dying for you. And you just simply need to reach out and accept that grace in your life. And then you'll have that hope. You'll have that security about the future. But maybe you're here and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, but you're not secure. You're you're shaken. Some of you are here today and you're good at putting on a good front. But the reality is, is to your core, you're shaken by the things that you're going through. How am I going to get through this financial crisis? How am I going to get through this health issue? How am I going to get through this? Are you secure about your future? Are you secure about your future? Here's the other thing. Are you struggling with wrong ideas about the future? Are you struggling with wrong ideas? It's easy. There's so many competing messages. I already told you when it comes to the rapture, there are five different views. Counting. One of them just emerged in the last ten years. And with that many views out there, and you know as well as I do, we got ten churches right here in Kerbinsville. I'm going to be honest with you, we're all friendly towards each other, but we don't all believe the same things. Especially when it comes to the return of Jesus. And you could be there at work and you're talking, well, you know, I'm waiting for when Jesus comes back. I don't believe that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are you struggling with wrong ideas? So here's what we need to do. Here's the action point. Here's what we have to do. Here's what I have to do. Here's what you have to do. We have to ask the Spirit to strengthen your faith with the hope of Jesus' return. Because remember, I told you, ignorance will create insecurity and instability in your faith. You and I need to say, God, strengthen my faith. Strengthen my faith with my hope that Jesus will one day come for me.
strengthen it. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.